praise you, Lord, I praise you, oh, I praise you, yes, I praise you, how I praise you, my precious Lord. I love you, Lord, I love you, oh, I love you, yes, I love you, Lord, I love you, my love, Lord. You are worthy, Lord, you're worthy, so you're worthy. First Samuel chapter 17 from verse 1. The Philistines now mustered their army for battle and camped between Sako in Judah and Ezekah at Ephes Damim. Saul countered by gathering his Israelite troops near the valley of Elah. So the Philistines and Israelites faced each other on opposite hills with a valley between them. Now, basically, we are reading where the armies were positioned. There was a battle going on between the Israelites and the Philistines. So something is happening. This is not a usual battle where one army goes against another. There's something unusual that's happening over here. Verse 4. Then Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, came out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel. He was over nine feet tall. So this man, Goliath, is not an imaginary man. He was a huge man, nine feet tall. If we see somebody seven feet, we think like, wow, so tall, right? Even six and a half is huge. Seven is even higher. Nine feet tall. Imagine how high, how tall. We'll be like so tiny, right, in front of them. This man was over nine feet tall. And what else is described over here? Let's continue reading. Verse 5, he wore a bronze helmet and his bronze coat of mail weighed 125 pounds. He also wore bronze leg armor and he carried a bronze javelin on his shoulder. The shaft of his spear was as heavy and thick as a, as a weaver's beam tipped with an iron spearhead that weighed 15 pounds. His armor bearer walked ahead of him carrying a shield. Now, Goliath is huge. First of all, he's nine feet tall, right? He's huge. And then whatever he's wearing is also huge. The helmet is heavy. The armor he's wearing is heavy. It's not ordinary. It's very extraordinary. The appearance of a huge man with a huge helmet, with everything huge. He is scary, right? Nobody can look at him and say, he's not scary. He is very scary. Reality, he is scary. He's very scary. So then what happens? The Bible says this man not only is standing there and scaring people with his appearance, he is taunting them by his words. See? Appearance is one thing, and now he is coming. He's aggressive. He's moving towards the people of God, the Israelites, and he is taunting them with his words. So what is he saying? Let's go to verse 8 and see. Goliath stood and shouted a taunt across to the Israelites. Why are you all coming out to fight? He called. I am the Philistine champion, but you are only the servants of Saul. Choose one man to come down here and fight me. Verse 9. If he kills me, then we will be your slaves. But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. He's offering a challenge. He's giving a challenge. He's saying, you know what? I'm huge. Look at me. I'm scaring you with my appearance. Now I'm scaring you 
with my words. If you are brave enough, send one person. Why are we wasting time trying to fight? We don't want to lose people. Send one person. If he kills me, then our people will become your slaves. If I kill you, then your people will become my slaves. Now, in Israel, there was nobody like Goliath. So when they looked at him, they are scared, horrified. It was no ordinary fear. It was no ordinary anxiety. Everybody was in a state of panic. They looked at Goliath and they said, what kind of a thing is this? We're not going for any ordinary battle. We had so many battles before, but look at this man. Is he a man or a monster? He's standing over here. They don't know. But now there's a challenge. He has to do something about it. The king of Israel has to do something about it. The people of Israel has to do something about it. Somebody has to go and fight. But somebody needs to be a match for this Goliath. There's nobody in Israel. Let's read verse 10 first. I defy the armies of Israel today. Send me a man who will fight me. Verse 11. When Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. Very normal. Right? It's not an abnormal reaction from the people of Israel. They're all quite normal when they saw this giant looking like a monster coming and screaming over there. I don't know how loud he would have been. Right? He would have had huge lungs if it was such a huge person standing there screaming. He's saying, send some person. Send one person to me. Let's see what's going to happen. So, this man, this Goliath, is not only scaring people by the appearance, not only scaring people with his words, he is very confident. He's not a huge blob coming and standing over there and not able to hold himself up. He was a warrior. He knew exactly what he was talking about. He was a huge man. He was a huge warrior. So the threat was so real. He was fully armed. And... He knew what he was talking about. So he was very confident in his stature. He was very confident in his armor. He was very confident in his training. He was very confident in what he can do. The children of Israel were not so. They didn't have a match. They didn't have all the Philistines had, especially this Goliath. And they are shaking. They are terrified. Verse 12. Now David was a son of a man named Jesse, an Ephrathite from Bethlehem in the land of Judah. Jesse was an old man at that time and had eight sons. Thirteen, Jesse's three oldest sons, Eliab, Abinadab, and Shimei, had already joined Saul's army to fight the Philistines. Verse 14, David was the youngest son. David's three oldest brothers stayed with Saul's army. But David went back and forth so he could help his father with the sheep in Bethlehem. Now, David's brothers, three brothers were in the army. They are hearing this every day. They are seeing this giant every day. They are seeing the reality of the threat. They know our wives, our families, our country is at great risk. Something is going to happen if we don't do something about it. But they were powerless. They did not know what to do. They did not know what to do. They were so scared. They said, what are we going to do? He did look at the state of the people of Israel. The threat was real. Man was real. His armor was real. They're not sitting there and daydreaming. They're not hallucinating over there looking at some giant. There was a real giant. Everything was real. You can touch, you can feel, you can do whatever. He's a real enemy. But these were the people of God. 
the people of Israel were the people of God. They have a God who is thousand times bigger than the giant they forgot. They forgot at that time who their father in heaven was. They forgot who God was. They were looking at the people in Israel. They were looking at it. Is there anybody comparable? Is there anybody who can go and fight Goliath? They're looking at everybody and everybody is half the size of Goliath. Everybody is so small. Everybody is so puny compared to the giant. Nobody looked like Goliath. Where are they looking? They're looking from within. They are looking from within. The people of God, where were they looking? They were looking from within. The Holy Spirit is speaking to our hearts. The Holy Spirit is speaking to our hearts. The Holy Spirit is telling us today, pay attention to what is happening. Pay attention to what is happening. By the same time, know that your God is bigger than what is happening. The people of Israel failed to pay attention to the God of heaven and earth. They were focusing and focusing and focusing on what? They were focusing on their circumstance. They were looking within themselves to see, what can I get to solve this problem? How can I solve this problem? How can I solve this problem? So what are they doing? They're looking at the people there. They're looking at the people there and they're saying, okay, can I see him? Can I just look at him? Can I look at him? Can I look at him? There's no match. They went through the entire camp of Israel. They went from door to door to see, is there any match for Goliath? Nobody. Nobody was close to Goliath. In your life and in my life. When we face a problem, what are we trying to do? We're trying to look within, right? We're trying to see, how can I solve this? How can I do this? How can I put this puzzle together? How can I work things out? What are we doing? We're just like a hamster going in circles. Round and round and round. We're trying to say, how can I solve? That's exactly what the children of Israel did. They were looking inside their camp to see who they can send. When they don't have anyone. There's no match for Goliath. In your life and in my life, the Holy Spirit is speaking to our hearts. The problems that we face is not from flesh and blood. It is not an ordinary problem. It is not something that we can feel. It is not something that we can think, oh, we can just dissolve this. Oh, we can tackle this. We have problems in our lives that are like Goliath. That really looks huge. That looks scary. And when we look at it, we think, can we ever find a solution to this? Doesn't look like this is ever going to solve. Doesn't look like this is ever going to go away. This is staring at my face every single day. But what do we do when something like that happens? We try to look at ourselves. We try to look at our surroundings. We try to see, do I have hope? By what? Looking at Goliath. If we look at Goliath, will we find hope? Tell me. If we look at Goliath, will we find hope? No. If you keep looking at your circumstance, can you find hope? No. Instead of looking up and looking at the God who is much bigger than Goliath, what did they do? They were looking inside their camp to see if they can find a match. Something happened. In this land of Israel, amongst all those people, there was one family. The dad had so many sons. Three of the sons were in the army. That means they know all the battle plan. They were trained. 
But there was one little fellow who was even half their size. Called David. What was he doing? He was not drafted in. He was not fit to be in the army. He's not supposed to be there. But he goes back and forth from his place to the battlefield. He goes back and forth. Why? He's just carrying some food for his brothers. He just goes back and forth. He was just doing what he was told to do. And then where did he go back? He went back to his sheep. He was a shepherd. He was not qualified to be in the battlefield. You may not feel that you are qualified to wage the war. You may think, Lord, I don't know how I can handle this. I don't know anything. The day we come to the conclusion that we don't know anything, that's the day God can do something in our lives. We come to the point where we say, Lord, this giant is real. This is not an imaginary giant. This giant is real. But I know you are real. You are much more real than this giant. So I choose to keep my eyes on you because when I compare my God, who says heaven is his throne and earth is his footstool, if I put Goliath next to God, can we do that and see? Compare God with Goliath. If we compare God with Goliath, Goliath will become so small. And when we know that God is our father, what are we going to be afraid of? We're not going to be afraid of anything. Sometimes we get like this little um, uh, spider in the house. Little spider. All of a sudden, little Joseph, you know, our son, he'll come running. Or even Elizabeth. Spider, 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 mommy, spider, spider. We don't know what to do. Spider. They're so scared of what? That spider. That little spider looks big in their eyes. They don't know what to do. Because they think that's going to climb up and bite. And what do I tell them? Go, take a tissue, catch it. Catch it and put it away. They're so scared to catch it. But you know what? When I go with them, when I get the tissue, look at the confidence. They come following me very bravely. They start talking to the spider. Spider, mommy is going to catch you now. Why? Because they look at the size of the mother. And they know mother can catch that spider. They have so much confidence. If I am a mom who also am so scared of spider, they come and tell me, mom... Spider. And mom says, oh, spider, I'm so scared. I don't know what to do. And hug the child and cry. Oh, I don't know what to do. Spider, spider, spider. We don't know what to do. Call 911 because we have a spider in the house. What is going to happen? Insane. The police will come and say, you want me to come to your house to kill a spider? You can't take a spider. Even if you're five foot tall, you are still bigger than a spider. What are you doing? God will look at us and he'll say, you know what? I'm so big. You see something and it is scary. It can be really scary for you like that little kid. But I am there, you come to me. I am not like that mother who is so scared and who cries holding the child. I come. God says, I come with the child. And the good father, the Lord Jesus Christ, never looks at the child and says, he, he, he. You are so scared of the spider. Poor you. You are five years old. How can you be so scared of the spider? I'm going to make you brave now. You go and get it. And while the child cries and cries, go and get it right now, otherwise I'm going to spank you. God never does that. He goes with us. He picks it up. And he teaches us. You do it two times. 
Third time, you know, third time, you know what happens? The child goes, gets the spider, and he brings it to you. He said, Mommy, I got the spider. He became brave. You know why? He was watching what the mother did. God is just like that. The Bible says, He trains my hands for battle and my fingers for war. God goes with us. He never lets us wander by ourselves and suffer and cry. Whatever is scary to you, God never mocks at us and He says, Oh, poor you. Why are you so scared? You scaredy cat. Constantly crying. Constantly crying wolf. God never says that. Every time we are scared, if we go to God, God says, I will help you. I will strengthen you. The Bible says, what time I'm afraid, I will trust in Him. Anytime I'm afraid, I will trust in Him. God never says, hey, why are you so afraid? He'll only tell us why you're so afraid if we don't go to Him and keep looking at the circumstance and keep panicking. But if I'm afraid and I run to Jesus and say, Lord, help me. The Lord says, I'm here, right here. I'm right next to you, my son, my daughter. I'm here right now. I'm going to squash that spider for you. Our God is such a good God. Now David, even though he was so little, he had that concept. The moment he went to that place, when the whole land of Israel were shaking looking at Goliath, he knew, I can go and call my daddy. I can come and face this giant with my daddy. He is so big. Who is this guy coming and trying to scare us when our daddy is so big? Who is this guy coming in? Screaming at us every morning. And he's looking at the people of Israel. He's saying, why are these people sitting? 40 days and 40 nights, this guy is coming morning and evening, coming and screaming and saying, send somebody, send somebody, send somebody. 40 days, nobody is going there? How come? That's David. Very different from the rest of the people of Israel. 40 days and 40 nights, the rest of the people were shaking. But David was a little Boy, a young man who was in the wilderness talking to God every day. Every day. So he knew when I walk somewhere, I carry my God with me. My God goes with me. So when he goes and he looks at the giant, he looks at God who is right next to him. And he says, huh, you're so puny compared to my God. He will take care of you. My daddy will take care of you. I'm going to go call him. That was his mindset. May God speak to our hearts. Whatever problem it is in our lives, whether it's financial, whether it's material, whether it's health, whatever it is, whether it's emotional, whatever it is, we need to have that heart. We need to have that mindset saying that, hmm, you are very tiny compared to my big God. We have a great God. We have a big God. We have an all-powerful God. He speaks and it happens. He just needs to speak into our lives. He just needs to speak into our mind. He just needs to speak into our finances. He just needs to speak over our marriages. He just needs to speak over our families. Life begins. How come many times we don't look at the one who is right beside us? And we are just like the children of Israel looking into the camp. Trying to say, who is the one that I can send. And so depressed many times we sit and we say, Oh Lord, I don't know who I can send. There's no match for Goliath. Mourning and grieving when you know that your God is bigger. Many times we look at our bank accounts. We look at our circumstances. We look at what we don't have. Constantly we look at what we don't have. The Holy Spirit is speaking to us today. 
Look at what you have, which is the cross of Jesus Christ. Look at what you have, which is Jesus Christ. Look at what you have, which is His glory, His riches. He says, my God shall supply all your needs, not according to your bank account. My God shall supply all your needs, not according to your intelligence. My God shall supply all your needs, not according to your kind of resources. According to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. If we know what His riches are, we're never going to worry ever again. We need to be aware of that. David was aware of God. He was aware of the presence of God. He was aware of the capacity of God. He was aware of who God was and what He can do for him. Because David, when he was by himself, when a bear came to take his sheep, he called out to the very same God. And that God helped him to kill the bear. When a lion came, the very same God he called out to gave him the power to kill the lion. So now what he does, he says, hmm, lion, bear, Goliath, so what? My God is bigger. Can we say the same thing? Wherever we go, whatever we see, we have to look at that and say, hmm, my God is bigger. We need to look at our problems and say, my God is bigger. My God is bigger. My God is bigger than my diagnosis. My God is bigger than my problems. My God is bigger than my deficiencies. My God is bigger than my whatever emptiness I have inside. He's bigger. He's bigger. He's bigger. I challenge you today. If you make God who is already bigger and just acknowledge how bigger he is, your whole outlook will change. Your whole outlook will change. Let me tell you, 90% 90 of your problem will change if your outlook changes, first of all. The way you look at things is very important. Then the 10% God will take care of it. God is very, very good. He's merciful. He's kind. God is looking for people like David. Daring people. Daring people. Daring people. David was a daring young boy. He actually defied everything. When he went over there and stood before the people, there were a group of people who said, Hey, who do you think you are? You think you're a big shot? What are you thinking? What's your family? What is your business? Go back. You're just a shepherd. Go back and take care of the sheep. But David didn't get discouraged. See? He didn't say, oh, they insulted me. They belittled me. They told me I'm a shepherd. They think I can't do anything. He didn't stand there and argue. He didn't say, hey, I killed the lion, I killed the bear. What do you know about me? Do you know about me? You don't know anything about me. How can you talk about me? He was not wasting time with the people that he should not. Many times we waste our time in battles that we should not be engaging. When we waste our time, our emotional energy, our spiritual energy, our time, our resources in battles that we should not be engaging, Satan is very happy. He already won the first round because he weakened you already. When we see battles that are puny battles that is not relevant to your fight, ignore and keep going forward. Don't waste your energy. Don't waste your time. Just keep going forward. David moved forward. He said, I'm not going to worry about their insults. I'm not going to worry about his insults. Then his wonderful brothers came. And they came and they said, Hey, you little fellow, I know you. Who do you think you are? You're trying to come and boast over here? 
Go back home. You better go back home. Now, the voice is coming from who? Older brothers. Especially in those days. If an older brother says something, it is the law. You better get home. David knew something is not right. If I go home, what's going to happen? I know my God. They don't know. So what he did he what did he do? He didn't stand there and he didn't fight. He didn't say, "Hey, you don't know about me? Prophet Samuel came and anointed me. How can you talk to me like that? I'm going to be the next king of Israel." Did he say anything like that? No. Humility is very important when it comes to the kingdom of God. He didn't say a word. He didn't say a word. He just ignored again. The spirit of the Lord is speaking to us again. Battles that we should not be engaging in are set up by Satan to drain us completely. They are worthless battles. Leave them alone. Go where God wants you to go. Then the next person he went. Next person also insulted. What did he do? He did not pay attention. He did not waste his time. He moved to the next person who would take him to the king. Now, that's where he spent his time. We need to spend our time on our knees before the Lord. We need to spend our time where we know we're going to make progress. We make our progress on our knees before the throne of God. God does wonders. Prayer does wonders. Talk to God and see what God can do for you. Many times we don't pray. Many times we don't read. And we wonder, Lord, why is this happening? My head is spinning. I don't know what to do. We are just like the children of Israel who are looking at Goliath and looking at the army to see if they can find a match for Goliath. We're never going to find a match. Remember that. Unless we go before the king of kings and have that personal encounter with him on a daily basis. Unless we make his word a priority. Because God says, those who make his word a priority, whatever they touch will prosper. And God says, you don't have to go after riches. Riches will come after you. You don't have to go after peace. Peace will follow you. You don't have to go after anything. Everything you need will follow you. It will chase after you. The Bible says, Deuteronomy 28. It will overtake you. You know what overtake is? When you go and a huge wave comes and goes over you, you know how that is? The blessings of God will overtake you when you make God your priority. David was somebody who made God his priority. David said, even if I'm with the sheep, my heart is with God. No matter what I'm doing, my mind is on God. I'm going to spend time with God. No matter what it is, if God is important, I have no excuse whatsoever I cannot say I have no time to make God my priority. If I don't have time for him, he doesn't have time for me. He is the king of kings and the lord of lords. He doesn't need to do anything for us, but he loves us so much. I need to go to him to receive it, right? He has everything in his hand. But if I don't go to him, how am I going to receive? I need to be in a receptive mode. I need to go to him and say, Daddy, this is what is going on with me. Lord, this is my problem. We don't want God to be a soundboard, right? We don't want to go and constantly complain lord this is not working that is not working that is not working leg is not working hand is not working head is not working lord nothing is working and then in jesus name amen so god will say so what else do you want you just came and said nothing is working so we need to say lord nothing is working but i know you can make it work lord this is my situation but you are over everything Lord, I acknowledge your sovereignty over everything. I acknowledge that you are superior, Lord. You are above everything. So, Lord, do something about it. And God will say, oh, yes, I can do it. I will do it for you. And in David's case, I'm going to close in about five minutes. In David's case, David had a heart after God. He put first things first in his life. 
when there's a disorder in our lives we have to see why is this disorder where is it stemming from see for a train the engine needs to be in the front right we can't put the engine somewhere in the middle and complain train is run running train is not it has all the compartments but the engine is in the middle so what this is how i like it it doesn't matter how i like it you can't assemble a train like how you assemble a lego block we cannot do that a train has a function a train is supposed to move forward carry passengers If we think train to be a Lego block, then it's going to stand there, like it can stand in a museum. It's not going to be functional. But if you want a train to function, then you're going to put the engine in the front, and you're going to put the compartments at the back. You're going to have the doors open so people can get in. Make sure the engine works. We need to make sure we have our priorities right. Jesus comes first. Jesus comes first in everything that we do. Jesus comes first in everything that we do. When we do that, when the engine goes first, and we know that our life is in working terms, our train is going to run. It is going to be productive. It's going to carry goods. It's going to carry passengers. It's going to do great and mighty things for the Almighty God. David was young. David was very young, but yet he was an outstanding young man. David was very young, but he had wisdom more than all the people, all the people over there, young and old. You know why? He was walking with the all-wise God. God is speaking to our hearts. I want to conclude with this one thought. When you have a problem, don't look at yourself. Don't look at your situation from your perspective. Don't constantly look at it. I'm not telling that your enemy is not real. That's not what I said. Your enemy is real. Your problem is real. Goliath is real, but your God is real. He's real. He's much more bigger than your problem. May God speak to your heart. Instead of looking at your own people, instead of looking at your own circumstances, trying to find a match for Goliath, look at God. Say, Lord, why am I wasting time looking at my own circumstance? Why did I waste 40 days when I could have gone before Goliath the first day itself saying that, "Hey, what are you trying to say? You're saying you're 9 feet tall?" My God is the one who made heavens and the earth. He's much bigger. I'm coming. Anyone could have done what David did. Anyone could have done what David did. But only David did what he did. Because he had faith in the Almighty God. And the spirit of the Lord speak to your hearts. Do we have faith in the Almighty God? We saw a couple of weeks ago, right? What do we hope for? Everyone has faith. We all have faith in something. Where do we place our faith on, right? what do we place our faith on it's a question do you have faith on what is not going to happen or do you have faith on what is going to happen do you have faith that god is able to do or do you have faith that it's not going to work out do you have faith that your god can bring a light down do you have faith that your god is bigger is your faith placed on god shall we all stand up together thank you jesus thank you jesus our god is greater Our God is stronger. Our God is higher than any other. Hallelujah. Whatever our circumstances, whatever our shortcoming is, Jesus Christ is much bigger. That's why we don't have to be afraid. That's why we don't have to feel inferior. That's why we don't have to shrink at our circumstances. That's why you and I can keep our heads up high and walk. Stand tall. Be happy. knowing that our god is bigger and he is on our side if god is on our side what can man do to us hallelujah thank you jesus 
Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. How many of you believe that God can solve your situation? Hallelujah. How many of you believe that God is over your situation? Hallelujah. How many of you believe that God can do something good out of this? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. No matter what the enemy says, no matter how loud the enemy shouts, no matter how big our problem may appear, God is much more real than our problem. Hallelujah. God is much more bigger than our problems. Hallelujah. It only took one stone for David. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He didn't need any armor. He didn't need any helmet. He didn't need anything that Goliath was having. Goliath didn't have God, so he needed all of those. David had God. He didn't need any of those. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. David just went with one pebble and he brought him down. With one pebble he brought Goliath down. It didn't take several tries, but the first try, Goliath was down. Hallelujah. That is the power of the Almighty God. Whatever your enemy is, Whatever your problem is, your enemy could be financial struggle. Your enemy could be health, health crisis. Your enemy could be whatever it is. One strike is enough through God. He will open rivers in the desert for you. The Lord is the Lord God of victory. Hallelujah. He is Jehovah Nissi. Hallelujah. The Lord God of victory. Thank you, Jesus. There's no defeat for God's people. There's no defeat for God's people. Hallelujah. God's people should be the most joyful people. God's people should be the most joyful people. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God's people should be the people rejoicing all the time. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Help each one of us, Lord, to be like David. To have the confidence in the Almighty God by walking with you. If I don't walk with Him, then I have no confidence in Him because I really don't know Him. Hallelujah. But if I walk with Him, I have confidence in Him because I know Him. Therefore, I have no worry. Hallelujah. Therefore, I'm happy all the time. In the midst of my trouble, I can still be happy. Thank you, Jesus. In the midst of my sorrow, I can still have peace. Hallelujah. In the midst of my difficulty, I can still give praise and glory to God. Hallelujah. And in the midst of my difficulty, I will see a miracle. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Every trial that we face, if we trust God, will become a glorious testimony. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Heavenly Father. It was because of Goliath we read David and Goliath's story. If Goliath was not there, then they would, there wouldn't have been a testimony. We wouldn't have read David and Goliath's story, what God can do. Every problem that you face, God is speaking to you. It is an opportunity for you to hold on to the hand of Jesus Christ. Trust Him so you can have a powerful testimony. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to give you a minute or two in the presence of the Lord. Just tell God, Lord, forgive me. For not trusting you. Forgive me, Lord, for constantly looking at Goliath. If you try to work things out, it'll come to an end. If you try to work things out, it's not going to prosper. But if you seek God in his kingdom first, he will work it out for you in a glorious manner. Hallelujah. He's the unlimited source of power. He's the unlimited source of wealth. 
He's the unlimited source of peace. He's the unlimited source of health. Hallelujah. Oh, we worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Hallelujah. Oh, we thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you for ministering to our hearts, oh Lord. You've spoken to each one of us, Lord. You've told us to take our eyes off of our problems, to keep our eyes on the problem solver, the Lord Jesus Christ. You've told us not to do our own thing, trying to solve our own problems, but to look at the problem solver so he can direct our paths. To be patient and to wait on him, to truly seek him with all our hearts, mind, soul, and strength. To have the relationship that David had, so we can have the confidence that David had. So we can go before our giant and through our God get the victory. Hallelujah. For you have called us to be victorious people, joyful people. And we thank you for doing this, O Lord. Help us to inherit all things through Jesus Christ. Help us to inherit all things through Jesus Christ. Help us never to forfeit anything that you have for us, Lord. Help us to lay hold of everything, O oh Lord Jesus, for you have a glorious plan and purpose for each and every one of us here, Lord Jesus. I pray, may it come to pass, O oh Lord, by our trusting in you. Help us to trust in you. Trust in the Lord with all your hearts. Help us to trust in the Lord with all our hearts, not partially. But trust in you with all our hearts and not do our own thing but to commit everything into your hands so that you can truly direct our paths hallelujah and what a joy what a privilege O oh lord because we know when you direct us we know that when you go before us everything will work out not just fine it'll be super great hallelujah and we thank you heavenly father we give you all the glory honor and praise let your word continue to work in our hearts I pray that you'll embed your word into our spirits, O oh Lord. Inscribe it into our hearts, O oh Lord. I pray that you imprint it as in us, Lord. Imprint your word into our bones and bone marrows, Lord, in Jesus' name. Into our neurons, into our nucleus, into our blood vessels. O oh Lord, a permanent tattoo in Jesus' name. Be made, O oh Lord. Through the blood of Jesus. That our God is greater than our problems. May it be written, Lord, in our lives, on our foreheads. When people look at us, may they know, oh, their God is bigger than their problems. Hallelujah. Our God is bigger than our problems. Help us not to live like the heathen, Lord. Help us to live like true children of the Almighty God. Our God is bigger than our problems. And our God will make all things super great. Hallelujah. We thank you, Heavenly Father, exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or imagine. And we thank you, we praise you. In Jesus' most precious name we pray. Amen. Unsure.